Hello, this is Carrie Pike, creator of Carrie Bears, and you are listening to Something to Hold On To, episode number 69 with Allison Nielsen. We are not meant to be alone. Hello, thanks for joining. I have Allison Nielsen here with me today, and we have done too many bears. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's had some loss in her life. I guess that's always what we talk about. But um, Allison, welcome. Thank to you. Today. And you'll just have to remind me. I know you. I know your siblings. But where do you fall in these? In your sibling? I am the second oldest. I have three brothers, and I am second. And we lost our third brother many years ago, which is how we met you. That's right. Many, many years ago. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's 2005. So it's been 17 years ago. Oh my goodness. Is when we first met you. (laughs) I forgot that it was that long. I know. Some part of it feels like it was yesterday. I know. And part of it feels like it was 100 years ago. So it's, it's hard to put a time on, on something like that. It's, it's, it's weird. Every year that goes by, it's like, how could it possibly have been that long ago? Isn't that so true? I feel that way too. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, it's right there, really raw. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. 17 years. Mm-hmm. Tell me your brother's name. His name was Robert Hatch, and his wife found a flyer of yours up at Huntsman oh, Cancer Institute, okay. which is how we found you. So she got this idea, so we all went and picked our shirts and have had them all these years, and they mean so much to every one of us. I had forgotten it was that long. <laughs> That's so sweet and so sad because he wasn't very old. He was uh, thirty-eight. Was about would have turned thirty-nine that year. So yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible heartbreak. And I've met your sister-in-law, mm-hmm. and yeah, and oh. she's just so strong and amazing. And as are his three kids. Wow. Yeah, that's young. That I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it. It's never optimal I even when they're 90 something because you just <laughs> love them and they're part of you you know Absolutely. but still that just seems like there's a lot of life ahead right yeah there I'm was sorry. a lot of life left so yeah yeah it was tough. Uh, it was really it was really awful <laughs> when you were the only girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the middle kind of right mm-hmm. in the middle <laughs> so you know the caretaker of our family and the person that makes sure things happen, like getting bears made and I know. and funerals get planned and Christmases happen and things like that. Uh, my brothers are all amazing and and they are helpful and we could never have gotten through all we've been through without each other. That's that says a lot because sometimes grief and um, loss is not that way mm-hmm. in families. Sometimes it tears people apart mm-hmm. rather than bringing, and not, it sounds like you were already really tight mm-hmm. before loss. Yeah, we were. My parents raised a very close family mm-hmm. and we've been close forever, but the grief we've experienced has definitely brought us closer. Yeah. I know you shared some pictures with me when we did your parents' bears and I was like, anyway, yeah, we have a lot family. of lot of memories and a great family. A million kids, a million, um, a million. <laughs> it feels like with spouses and greats and everything. I think I have twenty eight nieces and nephews. Oh, way. So it's a lot, <laughs> but they're all wonderful and we're all super close and it's great. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna go back to your brother before we mm-hmm. go on to your parents mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, what is something that you felt either you learned from his life or after do you know what I mean like um, maybe not learned from or just maybe your favorite thing about him mm-hmm. we had a great relationship um, because we were we bonded with golf he was very close with my husband they played in a lot of golf tournaments together so his family would come to visit us when the kids were little so we had a ton of fun with them <laughs> um, he was I would say in hindsight the strong silent type a little bit mm-hmm. and the force of him has definitely been missing in our lives. And especially, he handled a lot of the tough stuff. Like with our parents, if there was a situation, he was the first to, let's go have a sit down and let's talk about it, you know, kind of thing. And so it was really hard without him as we went so many years, you know, without that really strong presence. But he wasn't this loud in your face kind of person. He was really, um, 
the strong silent type, I think is the way I'd probably best describe him. But he was our rock. He was, he was, he was a really solid rock for all of us. So when he walked in the room, you like felt it oh, rather yeah. than heard him. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Oh. He had a, a very successful career that he built. Um, he didn't go to do the college route and you know the the plan that we're normal, s- the normal quote unquote <laughs> normal. And he built a beautiful career for himself and had a, a mm. great success and raised a beautiful family. What did he do? He was in the telecom business, mm. and that took him to Las Vegas. From Salt Lake and then to Boise, Idaho, and then they came back to Salt Lake, and that's where they eventually settled for good. Wow. Good for him, though. He saw, like, a need or a desire, and he went for it. He did. He really had great and potential. He was and was successful. Mm-hmm. He was. He saw the vision, mm-hmm. and back then, telecom was, like, a Nothing. new thing. Right? Yeah. Today, he'd be like... What? <laughs> what do we do now? What do we do now? You're, talk- you're talking on a what? A podcast. Right. So it's, it's, things have really changed. But I think that the company he worked for was definitely a pioneer in the mm-hmm. industry and, and out there in the forefront. So here we are today, I yeah. think, is a big result of what they did. With him being the strong, silent type, how were your parents with his loss? Like, how... Ah... <laughs> <laughs> Because when you watch someone else go mm-hmm. suffer and hurt, it's hard. Mm. It's hard to see, and especially mm-hmm. when this is another person that you love so much. Mm-hmm. How did well, your mom it, deal with it? It was the wrong order, and yeah, they would be the first. Not to, supposed to happen. That's not supposed to happen that way, and um, it it killed them. Yeah, just was so hard. So so. It it crushed both of them. Mm. He was very close with both of them. He'd had monthly lunches with my mother once he moved back to Utah. He, he and my dad golfed and fly fished and, you know, traveled to Alaska together. And, you know, we always joke that, you know, parents always have their favorite. And Robert was definitely our dad's favorite. <laughs> we all agree on that one. Um, oh. And so it it broke him. Yeah. And he was a really strong Marine your dad? Um, yeah, very regimented, very, he had a deep voice that we knew when that, he never was, never raised it, but we knew if the voice came out, we were in really big trouble. <laughs> and it, and so he, but he also could cry at a television commercial, so yeah. he was also very tender, but it broke him. Mm. That is so uh, descriptive, you know. How was your mom and dad's relationship, like? Did, like sometimes we need to grieve on our own and mm-hmm. sometimes it's helpful together, you know? Yeah, I think they took a little bit more of the solo route. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they're very different in style and um, I think they really kind of grieved in their own way and differently, but they were also there for one another mm-hmm. um, going through something so similar and, I mean, and understanding what they were each going through, I guess, say it that yeah. way. You know, yeah. and just, we went through it as a sibling, his children went through it as a father, his wife went through it as a husband. So having that in common and losing their child, it was really, really hard. And we saw their both of their health deteriorate from it too. Um, they held on for a long time afterward, but we definitely noticed a difference in them in the aging process. And yeah. they, they both really, it, it was, more than just an emotional loss. I mean, we could really see the physical side of it too, as they got older, and it was yeah. really tough. When yeah, when you say broken, I mean, you know, you think of broken heart or whatever, but literally, you just kind of break inside, and things mm-hmm. happen physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all were in denial about it too. I mean, he was so positive that he was going to get well, mm-hmm. and we all just looking like, back yes. on it, looking back on pictures, it's like how blind we were. He was clearly not getting well. and But he believed until the last minute he was going to get well, and so we all did too. And so it, in hindsight, it's shocking we were shocked, but we really were shocked and wow. unprepared. You know, we didn't, we were emotionally and logistically unprepared. You know, nothing was, he had put great things in place for his family and for his children and mm-hmm. for his wife. But we were all very, very shocked and 
not prepared to go, oh, wow, we've got to go pick out a gravesite, and hadn't even given that any thought in the time that he'd been ill. So it was, it was like, wow, we were really quite naive in looking back on it, but at the moment it was real shock. Remind me, was it cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was melanoma. And did, did he find it? Like He originally, his wife found it. He actually was, you know, it, you have to remember sometimes that he's not, he wasn't necessarily a victim of this disease. He was a survivor of it because he was first diagnosed at 21 years old. Oh, my goodness. So she found a mole on his head because she was cutting his hair. Oh. And so he had a big chunk of his head taken out um, at the time. And at he 21? was great for until 38 years old. So, I mean, he survived a really, really long time. And we tend to forget that in the grief that we had however Ex- many years that yeah. is. I can't do the math right now. But we had him for a long time that maybe we wouldn't have had she not found that because mm-hmm. it's such a curable disease if it's found quickly or if it's found early, yeah. at least today. A little bit less so then. But So we mm-hmm. really had him for a long time. She was pregnant with their second child. You know, that girl got to have him until she, until she was 15 years old. Yeah that she wouldn't have had right. that not been found, you know, and then they had a third child who, who knows, right, might not have existed. So he survived for a long time. And then two years before he ended up getting it really bad, it came back, it had metastasized, he was treated again, lasted another two years, and then by the time it was found again, it was everywhere, and it was, he Nothing. fought very, very hard. The treatment... My dad would say to this day, the treatment is what killed him, not the disease. It was really rough. And um, it, and it wasn't a long time. He was uh, re-diagnosed again in, just after Christmas and passed away in May. So it was pretty quick mm. when it finally happened. But but he lived a really long time with this disease and, and lived a really full life during that time because he knew it could be taken away from him. You know, he was really scared when it first happened. And... And he he really took full advantage of his life, and that was amazing. An amazing father, and had the, his kids have tremendous memories to this day. I always wonder, like, you know that song, "Live Like You Were Dying." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always think, am I living like that? You know? <laughs> I mean, because you yeah. really, when it's in perspective like mm-hmm. that, you're like, and I try not to sweat the small stuff, mm-hmm. and I try not to worry about things you can't change. Yeah. But it sounds like that's really how he lived. It is how he lived, and it is hard. And I catch myself all the time. It's like, what are you? What are you doing? Why are you acting like this? Get over yourself. <laughs> Be so grateful for this day, and stop worrying about every little detail that you're not happy about. And yeah. and he was great with that. And we can all learn a great lesson from that. I think. Bless him. How's his wife doing? I mean, I know I met met her and mm-hmm. stuff, but. You know, she's had her ups and downs for sure, but she's incredibly strong. She's um, been there for her kids as you know, best someone can. Um, we're still, we're very close as a family. Yeah, His loss did not mean we lost her. Yes. She's just as close to us today as she was then, if not even more so. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, lives here in Salt Lake and um, mm-hmm. is a wonderful grandmother to two mm-hmm. darling little boys. And um, she's... She's started her own business that she's been incredibly successful with, and that's been wonderful for her, and she has a lot of, it's a sales environment, so she gets wonderful reward trips, so she's a great traveler, been able to see the world, she takes Mm -hmm. the kids with her when she can, so Mm -hmm. she's um, really, really come out on top of all this, given how young she was. I mean, she was the same age, so to lose your husband at that age with three, you know, with three teenagers is really, really hard, and she's come out on top, for sure. Amazing. You you see that, and you just, you, you're like, would I do that? Would I be mm-hmm. like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're grateful you don't have to know, but mm-hmm. then also just in awe of people who rise above it and mm-hmm. find something to continue on forward with. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and her kids, for sure, but anyway. Yeah, oh. yeah she's, she's been... Um, I mean, I, I'm never going to say it's been easy. No. I can't even begin to imagine what she's gone through. But she has picked herself up from the bootstraps and made something of her life that she can look back on and be really proud of. She's, you know, didn't, you know, 
She's, yeah. she's been great. And no doubt Robert is too. Mm-hmm. So proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. And watching, sure. you know, all of his kids and grandkids. Yes. Just, oh, I mean, I think that. I think that they're just... They're closer than we realize. Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes you just want him to say, I am right here. Mm-hmm. I need somebody. Yeah. I need him to tell me he's yes. right here. <laughs> no. But um, all of his kids have, have experienced situations, as has his wife, where they have you know, felt mm-hmm. a tap on their shoulder right before you know, coming upon a car accident or something. You know, Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they, um, they all have amazing stories like that. And, and really feel his presence. I mean, I just don't doubt that. I feel like if they could help at all, they are going to. Yeah, you know? they will. I mean, they're part of you still. Yeah, and if I can, will. you know, if they can from other side, wherever, you know, say, don't do that. Yeah. Or go this way instead. I mm-hmm. think that they do. I think they really yeah, do. Yeah. I think all three of them would tell you that they've had, they've had an experience like that. Mm. So. That's, that's so amazing okay and then tell me about your mom your mom there's nothing like a mom yeah yeah my mom and I are um thick as thieves we we struggled in those bad teenage years yeah <laughs> but me then too. uh yeah oh she and I she uh she, she's funny she if you would have asked her about it she would be like what are you talking about we were great she's very selective memory of those years <laughs> that's good but uh, when I graduated from high school she and I went to New York on an amazing, like, month-long trip through New York and went to visit her sister in Connecticut. And she was a wonderful tour guide and took us all over the place. And we came together, back together, and were absolute best friends ever since then. And we've traveled. I've lived in lots of different places in the country. She's the one person that I think has been to every one of my homes. (laughs) Um, She was absolutely giddy when she found out that I was coming back to Utah, even though it was only on a part-time basis. Um, We've traveled, you know, we've traveled, we did weddings, we've, you know, had just a wonderful, wonderful relationship. We've shopped till we've dropped and (laughs) um, really had a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And we were extremely close. Mm -hmm. And... Um, You're her girl. I'm her girl. And she <laughs> was so excited to get that girl number two. And I had a bow in my hair. <laughs> All the time. Stuck on with honey, as she would tell everyone. And I was in pink and I was in ballet slippers at age three. And we had, my dad had a season tickets at the ballet from as far back as I could remember. And they were great seats. And we'd walk in and we'd start down the aisle and we'd look at each other and go, noses up. <laughs> And we would walk to our seats, and we just felt, you know, so, so, so special. And and we we really shared that bond um, with the ballet, with all kinds of things, with performing art. She loved Broadway. Mm-hmm. We went and bought my wedding dress in New York City. So, you you know, yeah, so we've had um, lots of great theater experiences and ballet experiences and travel experiences and, and just day-to-day experiences, you know. And, yeah. Um, one thing we did for both of our parents a handful of years ago, there's a wonderful couple here in Salt Lake that are historians, and they mm-hmm. will come and interview people and get their stories, and we turned it into hard copy books for each one of them. We first gave it to my dad as a Christmas gift because he was a storyteller, and you know we'll, we all joke, oh, what story did you get today, 24A or 24B? Because he liked to retell and retell and retell, and you'd tell him, yeah, you've told me this, and it didn't phase him. He'd continue on and tell you anyway. So I found this this husband and wife, and they went and interviewed him. So we have his voice on video on video that all became you know digital, of course. They took all of our black and white photos from them as children, and, and we have it all digitized. It's truly amazing, and then we turned it into a hard copy book. So when she saw her his. She's like, well, I want one. And then the whole process, she's like, well, I don't have the stories that he had. I mean, she, she didn't have the highest self-esteem. And oh. so I worked with her so closely on this book. And it's like, look, your stories are just as valuable mm-hmm. as his are just because you weren't the career woman or, you know, I mean, she had wonderful stories and she was all about her family and her children. So her book is all about starting with her parents all about her four sisters. She has, talks about each one of her nieces and nephews. 
And then she has a big section dedicated to each one of her children. And the whole middle section, she was a fashionista. Like there was no tomorrow. And so it's like a looking at an old um, magazine, Vogue vintage, magazine or something, yeah. a vintage Vogue magazine, because she dressed to the nines all the That's time. That's where you get it. You're always <laughs> put together. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> as I look back on pictures, I mean, she would when we would travel, I mean, she had the right necklace, the right bracelet, the right earrings for every single outfit. I mean, she, you know, to, to the very end was very much about fashion and mm. And, and the way that she looked and her hair and her nails and you know she's very beautiful and but she just didn't feel her stories let mm. equaled his and and so we worked so hard on the editing and I'm like it Looks your stories you. are just as valuable and those grandkids read her book all the time and then we put all of her favorite recipes in the back and so these kids have all of her her caramel and her meatloaf and her spaghetti, which was from a box, and yet there's a page from a recipe, you know. So um, she had, she just didn't believe in herself, and I, I hope that that book helped her mm. to realize that, that she really did, and she gave a copy to each of her nieces and nephews, and you know we will treasure those books absolutely forever, and we have them on, on, you know, we will always have their voices. What a so gift. It was. It was. For them and for you. And for all of us. I mean, they oh. love the experience, and we have this incredible treasure to go with our carry bears. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold so, them and listen to them. Yes, exactly. I am amazed. So, yeah, she and I just had a wonderful, wonderful relationship. So, where did she get her sense of fashion, do you think? You know, I don't know. Her parents were immigrants from Germany, and even looking back at pictures, I mean, my grandmother was old from the time I was born no. until she, you know, she passed away when I was 10. Maybe she, I don't know, she just always seemed so old and she was, she always looked like an old grandma and yeah. my mother did not, you know, she looked so young, even, I mean, because she always had, she had this beautiful uh, red thick hair that she continued to color and so she, you would never have known how old she was and when people would see her, that they, they would be absolutely shocked that she was in her 80s because she looked so much younger. <gasps> so I don't really know, but she yeah. she loved shopping. She worked at Auerbach's or oh, Auerbach's, yes. you know, in downtown Salt Lake. Spent every dime she had on clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and she just really, really loved it. And um, I don't really know where it came from, but yeah. she definitely loved to shop and tried to pass it on to me. And uh, she was much better putting herself together than I am. But no. but she, um, yeah, she just really loved it. And wow. to the very end, she always looked amazing and had was just always really put together and cared that things matched and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, she the was great that package. way. Mm -hmm. And she was an avid, not, it's funny, because there were some articles from a very short time in BYU where she, apparently played tennis and all these different things and we're all like really, really? <laughs> um, and she did play tennis even when she was older and she was a big walker um, and whatnot but she um, I lost my train she of thought. not sports but she was not really that in, not re not so much into sports but then she, but she as a fan she was in, you know, she never missed a little league sporting game mm -hmm. of my three brothers and they played every single sport but later in life, she was an amazing Utah Jazz fan. I mean, she didn't miss a game on TV. She'd be in her jersey, her <laughs> socks. She had her favorite player that she called her boyfriend. <laughs> and um, about six months or so before she died, uh, KSL News learned of this and came out and interviewed her. It was the cutest thing ever. It was on the news. Aww. And then the Jazz heard about it, and they sent her tickets to a game autographed pictures that we had framed to put in her her apartment in her in the assisted living and she was she just loved the Utah Jazz and it was just so cute and she'd you know walk to every meal with the, her jazz flag on her walker and in her jersey and she got the whole place excited about the jazz and everybody knew what time it was on what channel it was on they'd call her or call my dad if they couldn't find it on TV so no they, way. Yeah. So it was really funny. She just was an amazing jazz fan, and even 
it's not my favorite sport, but it even rubbed off on me. <laughs> I got so, a little bit of it. Yeah. What, you know what, though, I think when you're passionate in life and you, like, you know, whatever you're doing or just going for something, you just create, like, this energy. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like she did that mm-hmm. with whatever she did, but the jazz, I mean, I think that's so great and sweet and fun mm-hmm. and goofy, kind of. You know? Goofy, too. I know. But you where love did that it. come from? Yeah. <laughs> But she was, she just, I mean, she, we, we would tease her all the time. You know, you couldn't go anywhere without her talking to someone. And if she traveled alone, we're like, please don't talk to every person on the airplane. And um, I believe their wedding, I think they sent a thousand wedding invitations when they got married in 1960. No. And so many people came. I mean, even back then. And my cousins tell the story to this day. They ran out of food, and they were the servers, and they were mortified that they had to help tell people there wasn't enough food. But she just made. She has. She's to this day has friends from, from elementary school, and she would still get together once a once once a month for lunch, with different groups of women from different phases of her life, and she just had so many friends, and back before she was married, so many boyfriends. But she just made friends wow. everywhere she went, and everyone who knew her loved her. It sounds like it. Mm. Like you can just feel it through yeah. you. And just that, yeah, the connection part mm. of her life was connected to so many people. So many people. And I'm surprised she would feel a little less than. I know. Because, because she gave herself to so many people. She did. She she was very involved in her church. She Mm -hmm. held many different positions. She was super involved in our schooling and the PTA. She never missed an athletic event. You know, she was so involved and had so many friends. And yeah, it's a great testament to to her and to her very outgoing personality for somebody who really was actually quite shy. And, and felt like a little subconscious or whatever. Subconscious yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Hated being alone. Yeah. Like if my dad was on a business trip, she could not. We'd get to sleep with her, or when we were grown, she'd go stay at one of our homes. She couldn't stand being alone. So yeah. Tell me her name. Marva. Which she was. That's right. She was the fifth of of five girls. My grandfather so wanted a Marvin. So when she was born. They shortened it to Marva, Ray, Goring, Hatch. So her parents were very German and German immigrants. And then when my grandfather passed away, she was pregnant with my youngest brother. So he became Michael Marvin. Oh, of course. So we were able to carry on that name. And then his name is Edmund. And Michael's youngest son is an Edmund. And so that's really special. And Gunther... Is a family name in on on my grandmother's side, and his oldest son is Gunther. So Just we were able to down. carry some of those real big German names. Um, a lot of our nieces, not a lot of my nieces and nephews, carry family names, but those two boys have the really strong German names. Yeah. So okay, she was, and she that. was thrilled by that that oh. those names were chosen. And several, I think, three granddaughters and one great granddaughter carry the middle name Ray. Wow. So she carries on and will carry on forever. Of she mm-hmm. is, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, tell me about your dad. So he... I love your mom, by the way. Yeah, I, I know. Just, I just wanted to meet her. <laughs> I know, I know, I wish you could have. I felt her a lot with all of her clothes. Yes, still. yes. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, making... And everyone loves their bears so much. Oh my goodness. Um, my dad was a... Um, born and raised in Salt Lake. Wrong side of the tracks kind of kid. Yeah. Um, struggled in high school and then said, well, I'm going in the Marine Corps and came out a very strong, um, not militant in a bad way, but, you know, very disciplined. Yeah. yeah, put himself mm-hmm. through college, put himself through law school. He was also the youngest of five. Wow. And So they had um, both of them. Both of them, yeah, youngest so of five. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was a year older than him. And, uh, but he, yeah, so graduated from a massive University of Utah fan as a result of going to both undergrad and <laughs> law school there. And started his career, moved to Idaho for a very short period of time, and then came back to Salt Lake and was a very successful um, businessman with an insurance company. Mm. And then later in life, which 
given he had his law degree, we're not ever, none of us are really sure why that happened, but then he did practice law later mm. as kind of a second career and, yeah. and, and really enjoyed that. But he was an avid, everything he wanted to do, he was obsessed with and became very good at it. So he would fly fish like crazy. So he would get up at probably three o'clock in the morning drive to Strawberry Reservoir and he had this great big inner tube and waders where he would sit in and cast his fly and fly fish, be home, have the fish cleaned, showered and off to work before we got up for school. We would open the refrigerator what? three times a week in the summer to three or four huge 18 inch rainbow trout in the fridge. So he everything he did, he did obsessively. He golfed obsessively. He did jigsaw puzzles obsessively. <laughs> he fished obsessively. Um, when he was in, when he, he was, was in, all he was in. all in. And wow. he also never missed a sporting event of the boys. He just loved nothing more than sitting in those stands and cheering on his kids. Wow. So that was he was he was very very diligent that way and then when the grandkids came same thing I mean they didn't miss anything so it was and he was a he's a wonderful grandfather um, wow. all of the grandkids would would tell you that he really he was a he was very focused on his career as we were growing up mm -hmm. we all felt he was a better father once we became adults Isn't that but, interesting? but yeah. he was always there he was always the one we could go to even though we were all super intimidated by him a little bit mm -hmm. Um, but, but we could go to him with absolutely anything mm -hmm. and he listened with an open heart and an open mind. Mm. <laughs> completely <Yeah>. not, <laughs> completely not judgmental. Wow. Um, Beautiful. yeah. Unconditional to the core. Unconditional love to the core. That says a lot. It does. My goodness, your mom and dad together were like dynamite, you know? Yeah, yeah. and so he and wow. I really bonded over travel and golf. He taught me, he taught us all to play golf, but he loved the fact that I played his golf. Daughter. His daughter played <laughs> golf. <laughs> he really loved it, and he was the first person I, he's still the first person I call if I have a tournament, if I win something, he's, the, he's just the most excited person for me ever. But we also traveled a great deal together. He had a wanderlust that he passed on to me. And we went to Italy together, just the Aww. two of us, for his 75th birthday. Really? Mm -hmm. Your mom wasn't, you know, sad about that? <laughs> she was a little bit, but and toward, just before we went, she's like, hey, why am I not going? Yeah. And yeah. I felt a ton of pressure at that moment to say, of course you should come along. But it's something I really wanted to do with just him. Yeah, because I know how we're, you did. Me too, because it was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, he would go into a museum. He's the kind that would, and he read. He could be in a museum for five days. I mean, because he'll read every single little plaque. She would have hated that. Yeah. She would have wanted to shop yeah. and you know see sights, but not do things like that. And I don't want to spend five days in a museum, but I at least you know I have the same interest in history. That he did. He was the president of the Utah Historical Society for many, many years, and his knowledge of Utah history and a lot of history was amazing. But he, um, so I set up great tours that I knew we would see like the highlights of the galleries, not have to go and All see every single floor of the UPC gallery. You know, we called it the the uh, People Magazine version of the UPC gallery. <laughs> so we got the really good snippet. But enough to just you know feel it was really really there. So we had an incredible time, and I knew that from doing that, that when the time came, I would have no regrets. Absolutely, what a treasure for mm -hmm. just time with just him, mm -hmm. just the two of you. You know, making those memories and yeah. and holding him just in your heart with that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. And tell me his name. So his name is Kendall Price. Hatch, yeah. and his name is also carried on with some of the kids and grandkids as his price, which was which was really nice. That's and really nice. Uh, yeah, so they'll you know they both live on in that way for sure. But yeah, he um, he and, and later in life, once I came back to Utah, when I was here, I would spend so much time with them. First in their home in Holiday, and then we downsized them into Draper, and then we downsized them again into assisted living, and so. 
I mean, his face would light up when I walked in that room, even though Robert was the favorite. Um, I was the <laughs> favorite. I was the favorite girl. So with both of them, but I was the favorite girl, and he, 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 just, he loved people coming to visit him, and he would just light up like a light bulb when anybody would walk into the house or into, you know, their apartment later, and he he loved visits from family. He loved family gatherings. He couldn't wait for the family 24th of July party, the Christmas. He loved Christmas more than anyone. Could not wait to give Christmas gifts. We would have to force him to wait till Christmas Day, <laughs> you know. And so he, uh, he loved the holidays and loved his family very, very much. So. Wow. It's funny because you said that he lights up when... You know, or lit up when people would come visit me. You lit up when you talk about him. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. You know, and daddy's girl. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's I what was. you I was daddy's were. girl. <laughs> Which is awesome. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And the two of them together, even though they had their heartbreaks, you yeah. know, with, oh, yeah. with Robert and I'm sure just life stuff. And just life, but, yeah. But then to have, I just, I couldn't believe it. So for those who are listening... Allison called me when her mom passed away and said, we need some bears for my mom. And I'm like, okay, wait, no, it was your dad first. My dad first. It was your dad first. Mm-hmm. I'm just like going through that in my head. I'm like, no, wait. Yeah, your dad first. Yeah, it was crazy, you know, and the, these last two years that we've all lived through are a blur, crazy. right? I mean, you think yes. this, this, the whole COVID thing, we lost so much of our lives that it's like, you think back, oh no, that was just... Oh, that happened last year. And I was like, oh, no, that was three years ago, you know, because that whole period of time, I think, for all of us is such a blur. Yeah. And while they didn't pass away from COVID, they definitely passed away earlier than they would have because of COVID. You know, yeah. being in assisted living, like millions of people everywhere, they were in complete lockdown. And the toll that that took on our elderly, mm-hmm. we're not going to realize it for years to come, mm-hmm. but... We are not meant to be alone, alone, and mm-hmm. without physical contact and talking to people through windows. And you know, it's and obviously it had to be because we had to protect this generation. But at the same time, it it definitely sped up their their final their final years, and mm-hmm. they couldn't. I mean, the whole reason you go to assisted living is for the mental stimulation, the meals, the physical therapy the activities, mm-hmm. the places you get to go, and that came to a screeching halt, and you live now in an apartment eating off of plastic silverware that's left at your door. And that's just not how we're meant to live as people, and they refer to it as being in jail, Aww. especially given the rest of us got to be outside even though you know we were all limited in what we could do. We could at least leave our home. Yes. And I think they, they just decided if this is what's, if this is what's left, this isn't for me. And so I think they, they really lost their will. With him, he had to have a lot of physical activity in order to keep his muscles going. He had a muscular disease that, you know, we knew was going to be the thing that, you know, caused the end, but it was sped up so much because he couldn't have the physical therapy that he needed. And even just walking, he couldn't even walk in the hallways, you know, so right. it was... Couldn't it, be around anybody. And so it really sped up his disease. And and so he, he it was quick and, and painless, and my brothers were able to take him out and just before the end, and they took him on a, he loved Salt Lake and he loved Utah so much, so they went and showed him the new airport, and they drove through downtown Salt Lake, and it was just... Such a great day for all of them, and uh, they are so grateful that they have that memory from him or with him. But anyway, it just you know it just sped things up. And then yeah. I think with her, she just once, I mean, she felt the need to care for him and make sure he ate and did the right things. And then when he was gone, you know, I think she lost a little bit of her will and still was like, I don't really want to keep doing this like this. So I think yeah. that. COVID, while they didn't die from COVID, it was sped up because of COVID. And that's, you know, something that we'll never know. But the impact that this situation has had on our elderly is definitely significant worldwide. And we're not going to really understand the impacts of it until 
I think later. A little down the road. A little down the road. But I hear you. I know. So it was shocking and I know because they were called, both so like, wait a second, we just <laughs> did your dad's stuff. I know. When we called the funeral home, we said, could we please have the same gentleman because he was so wonderful to us. And he was like, what, what are you doing here back already? And, you know, so it was, it was really shocking. But in now with a little bit of time passed, you know, maybe it, I, I'm not sure either one of them was ready to live without the other. And while it, it's not the situation at all where one, they died of a broken heart or anything like that, um, they had a, a funny relationship. <laughs> and so, but it definitely, I don't think either one of them would have lasted very long in the best of circumstances without the other. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it, it all is for a reason and it was for the best and, but we'll never know. <laughs> or exactly. maybe we'll know someday, right. but we won't we don't know right now. But it it yeah, it was very shocking and a very difficult difficult time. But at the same time, we had one first Christmas and one first oh. everything, right? We didn't have to go through it tw- twice. you know, twice. The first Christmas without him and then three years later the first Christmas without her or you know, who knows? But um it, it was just it like was, mom and dad. Yeah, it was yeah. together. You know, it was one time. And is that easier? Who knows? Is it easier when you have time to plan, or is it easier when something happens immediately and you don't, you know, and it's a complete shock? Who knows? You know, yeah. I think everybody that's been in this situation could argue it either way. And who knows? Had we had more time to plan, would it have been easier? Not necessarily. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> so. you because it's yeah, and. I don't know. It just it is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't change anything. You can't. I can't change yeah. it. So all I can do is accept it. Yes. And, yeah. Um, yeah. All I can do is accept it. And mm. so. So they were in assisted living, and mm-hmm. you were back and forth between California and mm-hmm. Utah, right? Uh-huh. And so, did you go back in between your dad's passing and your mom? No, you were I here. St- I was here time. the whole time. Did you? Um, feel I mean, like I think I had some. Go? I'm sure I had some trips here and there. Yeah. You know, we saw her the day of his service, as we were at the family dinner. Afterwards, we could see her. Uh, we could tell she didn't feel well, and that was um, the end of June, and it was the Fourth of July where she had some kind of situation that put her in the hospital and then it put her into skilled nursing for a month. So yes, but we also thought, we also, all of us really believed she would rebound and be like, okay, I've got here we my, go. here we go. We're yeah. going to have, you know, she loved her family so much. Yeah. We really did. We all really thought she would rebound and I'm killing myself by the, if, coulda, shoulda, wouldas, yeah. and in hindsight, I would have never let her go to that um, skilled nursing facility because they treated her like she was sick because she was, sort of, but when you f- you're you treated like you're sick, you feel sick, and had we taken her home and been like, okay, this is what we're going to do, the we're going to yeah. pull up our bootstraps, and we're going to go to family events, and we're going to go back down and eat in the dining room, and we're going to start you know, our yeah. continuing our friendships in this place. Would she have rebounded? I don't know. But I need to stop doing that to myself. You can't. You can't. But, yeah. You're not responsible. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Her her really good, she made a, they made a, they both they made a wonderful friend right when they moved into the facility. They were like the three first residents of this oh. place. And that woman unfortunately passed away about maybe two to three weeks after my dad. Oh. And so... There was that too that she was sort of like her, her good good yeah. friend. So you know I don't know I I have to stop beating my own self up because I we we did what the doctors advised us to do. In hindsight, would I do it? Definitely not. But yeah. I think I would have just made the best of her whatever time was left instead of letting her feel and Warm. act sick and be treated like she was sick because they didn't know what was wrong and so they just said let's give her really high doses of antibiotics and was that the right thing to do I don't know yeah and we'll never know now but right I it's hard not to if only (laughs) yeah okay with Robert and his kids feeling him do you feel your mom and dad (laughs) or not as much or do you want to more or is it um, because it hasn't been that long. No, it hasn't been that long. Like it, last year, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just last year, last yeah. June and last um, September. 
and this is now August, so it hasn't been that long. And I did have a situation where, I mean, I don't know because I don't, I don't know what to look for. Yeah. And I don't have, my brothers have amazing dreams mm. about both my brother and my parents, and I never do. They, I also don't share the faith, I don't have the strong faith that they have. And so I kind of wonder if that's why, you know? I don't know. But <laughs> I do believe that um, a couple months ago, and my husband will kill me probably for saying oh. this because he totally poo-poos this situation. But there was a situation where I was in, I believe I was in an unsafe situation. Yeah. And I believe that my mother woke me up. Yeah. <gasps> I have no doubt. I'm just getting chills. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. I, I believe that, I believe that she woke me up. Yeah. So that you would be okay. Right. So that I would be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um. She's still taking care of her girl. Well, she did. I yeah. don't know. But I'm going to continue to believe that. I think that's a good thing to believe. And I and no doubt she would have anyway, if she could if have. If she could have, she would have. And so, so I'm going to believe that she did. did. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to believe that she did. And um, yeah. And I think as time goes on and, you know, I don't know. But I, I, I hope that they're watching out for me. Yeah, I 100% I believe that they are. <laughs> It's interesting because we all feel those that we love have gone on differently. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the dreams versus mm -hmm. maybe something different. And sometimes we want so much more. And so we look for that one thing uh -huh. when maybe they're over here doing a little something else. And yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like if you feel them, they're there. Mm -hmm. They just are. They wouldn't. If they could be, possibly they are. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, I'm just a little bit too much, I think, black and white. I'm yes. like, I need to be hit over the head. Yeah. Tell me now. Send me this message <laughs> right now kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I know I, I can't be like that either. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's you know, time time will go on and yeah. we'll do something for for her to, to mark her yeah. passing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll do something and... Uh, and it will be, and it'll be tough. But we, um, as I said earlier, we're a very, very strong family. We're a very large family. Our cousins. I mean, we're very close to everybody. Yeah. So it's not just the three of us and all those kids running around. I mean, we're real close with our cousins too. So extended. That extended means a family. lot. It's not always mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah so that is sure. a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've loved just learning more about your family after all of the bears. <laughs> I know. We, oh. I, I need to send you the picture. I we, after um, on so I pushed and pushed and pushed to get their grave marker in in time for her birthday, which was May fourth, which is hard to do because of the snow situation in Utah. They don't usually put them in, and then because of Memorial Day, they have this huge backlog. Oh. And so again, I called our wonderful funeral director and asked if he could help. Because I really wanted to have a gathering for her birthday, and so it worked out perfectly. And that's when I came and picked up all, all those, bears. and I made everybody bring their grandpa bears oh. from Christmas. And so we piled them all on their their grave, and it was it's just the cutest oh. picture ever because it's just this just this heaping pile of bears, <laughs> and it was really really fun. Oh. And so it was it was special, and she. Never, ever. She had such a sweet tooth, and her house was filled with junk food 24-7, and we all blame her for our sweet tooth because we all suffer from it. But there was never a time there was not ice cream, and so we you know, had – and it was freezing cold that day. We were in sweaters and blankets. It was freezing, but we had a big cooler full of ice cream, and we shared our bears, and, and the grave marker was in, and it was beautiful, and – and you celebrated so it all worked her. out. We celebrated the two of them, but like yes. you know, we were able to do it for her birthday, and so that was really mm -hmm. special. And then we'll do something similar come September, which is his birthday, and then and the her passing, and then the marking of her passing. The How same did month. that work? So, birthday and passing, both. Yeah, I know. And then, so when Interesting. My, and when my brother passed away, it was two days before her birthday. And four days before Mother's Day. So it was no, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, it was the worst week ever. Oh, but, um, that yeah. is the worst somebody, week ever. Somebody just said to me this week, I, I don't remember who it was in my family, but it had been one of my brothers. Um, he timed that to make sure it didn't happen on her on, birthday or on, Mother's, <laughs> or on Day. Mother's Day because she would have never recovered. I mean, it was hard enough. She would have never recovered from that. But uh, 
somebody was just saying he, he planned that. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, so you know, there, it's weird how the, there's a lot of um, tie-ins to dates and, and things like that. So I kind of feel like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful family. What a beautiful connection they had together to create this beautiful, strong, and bonded, mm-hmm. it feels like, family. You they they you do watch out for each other. We do, and they taught us unconditional love. No doubt they did. And that's not always the case, Mm-mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, our humanness gets mm-hmm. in the way, it does. and we just pick at ourselves and pick at someone else and you know mm-hmm. who's right in front of us sometimes mm-hmm. and to have that be so much a part of all of your lives mm-hmm. that you feel that is yeah. a tribute to them yeah. they were the two most non-judgmental people ever, ever. <laughs> yeah ever so that's quite a trait and gift mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. yeah Thank you for sharing You're this welcome. beautiful thank you family for, life. And I'm sorry you. you've had so much yeah. loss. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell you about them because They're they were part great. Of you. Yeah, they were great. And they still are great. I <laughs> they, know. Yeah, I they think still are great. But. They continue mm-hmm. on and, mm-hmm. and help and, yeah. And they, and they come through you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you're golfing or fishing or shopping mm-hmm. or whatever it is, there's a little bit of them in you just making it happen and being there definitely yeah Allison thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much for joining today if you or someone you know is grieving and would find comfort in having something to hold on to that is tangible and a part of their loved one's journey please visit our website carriebearers.com my book something to hold on to is also available on my website These stories of different people in their grief have helped so many find hope. The book also includes a chapter on the making and delivering of the 9-11 carry bears to the FDNY, NYPD, and Port Authority families in New York City. This is Carrie Pike, creator of Carry Bears, wishing you love and laughter, hope and healing.